0: chapter forty eight of erema this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. dot org recording by ellie erema by r d blackmore chapter forty eight a return call in the morning i labored to dismiss these thoughts these shameful suspicions almost as injuries to my father's honor as it was to suspect him of the crime itself and calling back my memories of him and dwelling on what mr Chaufflin said and uncle sam and the others i became quite happy in the firm conviction that they ought to be put upon bread and water for having such vile visions then suddenly a thing came to my mind which shattered happy penitence major hockin had spoken of an other purpose which he had in store while bringing me thus to london an other object this to say besides the opening of the trinket and this his second intention was to have it all out as he expressed it with that league of curs and serpents weepy and goat and terrier this was the partnership whose card of business had been delivered at the sawmills under circumstances which to say the least required explanation and the major with strong words and tugs of his head crest had vowed to get that explanation or else put the lot of them into a police dock moreover when at the opening of the locket i did not think fit to show the lapidary what i had found inside it except a painting on ivory which proved to be as he expected and when my companions suppressed curiosity at the risk of constitution and while i could scarcely tell what i was about through sudden shock and stupidity i must have been hurried on to tell mr hockin the whole of the private things i had discovered for in truth there was scarcely any time to think and i was afraid of giving way which must have befallen me without relief of words and being so much disturbed i may in the cab have rushed off to comfort the major sitting so close to me no doubt i did so from what happened afterward but in the morning after such a night i really could not be certain what i had said to Betsy and what to him a large mind would have been steady throughout and regarded the question of birth as a thing to which we who are not consulted about it should be ourselves indifferently and gladly would have done so if i could but the power was not in me no doubt it served me right for having been proud about such a trifle but though i could call it a trifle as long as it seemed to be in my favor my strength of mind was not enough to look at it so and against me Betsy told me not to be like that for i had a great deal to go through yet and must not be drawing on my spirit so every atom of which would be needful for the general as she called the major was going to fetch me at eleven o'clock to face some abominable rascals and without any breakfast how could i do it then i remembered all about the appointment to go to monsieur's weeping and, and terrier and beginning to think of them i saw sad confirmation of my bad ideas my father's wicked elder brother by another mother had left his own rights pending as long as my father lived for good reason for if the latter had turned against him through a breach of compact things might go ill in a criminal court but having him silenced now by death this man might come forward boldly and claim estates and title his first point would be to make sure as sure as could be of the death of my father to get hold of his private papers and of me who might possess dangerous knowledge and if this were so one could understand at once mr gould's attempt upon uncle sam no none of this none of this i say erema major Hockin exclaimed as he ran in and saw me scarcely even caring to hold my own with the gentle maximilian to which name mr strauss was promoted from the two vernacular huns my dear i never saw you look ill before why bless my heart we will have crow's feet nurse what are you doing with her look at her eyes and be ashamed of yourself give her gala tin saint tiffany i never know what the proper word is something anything volatile sally hawson ammonia aromatic vinegar saline draught or something strong why i want her to look her very very best as if she was a-going to a ball poor dear betsy Strauss replied with some irony a young lady full of high spirits by nature and have never had her first dance yet the laws and institutions of this kingdom is too bad for me general i shall turn foreigner like my poor husband it is very good very good always said the blessed maximilian foreigner this way foreigner that way according to the hills or the sea or the fighting or be born or something else hold your tongue hans replied his wilhelmina remember that you are in england now and must behave constitutionally none of your loose outlandish ideas will ever get your bread here in england i was born according to fighting or hills or sea or anything less than the will of the lord that made the whole of them and what made you too general i beg you excuse him if you can when he gets upon such things he can never stop his goodness is very great but he must have a firm hand put upon his philosophy maximilian you may go and smoke your pipe for an hour and a quarter and see where the cheapest greens and oil are for his Excellency is coming in to-night and mind you get plenty of stump in them his excellence loves them and they fill the dish besides coming cheaper now miss erema if you please come here trust you in me miss and soon i will make you a credit to the general i allowed her to manage my dress and all according to her own ideas but when she entreated to finish me up with the leastest little touch of red scarcely up to the usual color by reason of not sleeping i stopped her at once and she was quite content with the color produced by the thought of it meanwhile major hockin of course was becoming beyond all description impatient he had made the greatest point of my being adorned and expected it to be done in two minutes and he hurried me so when i did come down that i scarcely noticed either cap or horse and put on new gloves anyhow my dear you look very nice he said at last when thoroughly tired of grumbling. that scoundrel of a goat will be quite amazed at the sight of the child he went to steal mr goat i replied with a shudder caused perhaps by dark remembrance if we go to the office you surely will not expect me to see mr goat himself that depends as the frenchmen say it is too late now to shrink back from anything if i can spare you i will if not you must not be ashamed to show yourself i am never ashamed to show myself but i would rather not go to that place at all if things should prove to be as i begin to think i had better withdraw from the whole of it and only lament that i never began my father was right after all my father was wise and i ought to have known it and perhaps uncle sam knew the truth and would not tell me for fear of my rushing to "'Cabman, please do turn the horses and go in the opposite direction.' But the Major pulled me back, and the driver lifted his elbow and said, "'All right. Erema, the Major began quite sternly, "'things have gone a little too far for this. "'We are now embarked upon a most important investigation. "'Even in my misery I could scarce help smiling at his love for big official words. "'An investigation of vast importance, "'a crime of the blackest dye has ever been committed, and calmly hushed up for some petty family reason for a period of almost twenty years i am not blaming your father my dear you need not look so indignant it is your own course of action remember which has led to the present the present well let us say Imbroglio, a man of honour and an officer of her majesty's service since now committed at your request mind to your own request yes yes and no but i only meant to-to go as far as i should wish confidential instructions let us say that there are times when duty to society overrides fine feeling i have felt that already the die is cast. no half-and-half measures no beating about the bush for me after what i saw yesterday and the light that burst upon me i did not act hastily i never do those low coaches may have said so i put this and that together carefully and had my dinner and made up my mind and you see the result of that man on the box the cabman oh yes you resolved to have a cab and drive to those wicked informers where are your eyes you are generally so quick this morning you are quite unlike yourself so weak so tearful so timorous have you not seen that by the side of the cabman there sits another man altogether one of the most remarkable men of the age as your dear yankees say not the policeman in disguise i hope i saw a very common insignificant man i thought he was the driver's groom perhaps Hush, he has everything even in this granite he is not the policeman if he were a few things that disgrace the force would never happen if the policemen of england did their duty as our soldiers do at once i would have gone to them my duty would have been to do so as it is i go to our private police who would not exist if the force were not worth a rap wiping goat and terrier in spite of goat's clumsiness rank second i go to the first of all these firms and i get the cleverest rascal. Major Hawkins, speaking in this hoarse whisper for he could not whisper gently folded his arms and then nodded his head as much as to say i have settled it now you have nothing to do but praise me but i was vexed and perplexed too much to trust my voice with an answer the beauty of this arrangement is he continued with vast complacency that the two firms hate one another as the devil hates no that won't do there is no holy water to be found among them well as a snake hates a slow worm let us say said a thief to catch a thief is a fine old maxim still better when two thieves have robbed one another as he spoke the noble stranger slipped off the driving seat without troubling the cabman to stop his jerk and he did it so well that i had no chance of observing his nimble face or form you are disappointed said the major which was the least thing i would have confessed you may see that man thousand times and never be able to swear to him ha ha he is a winner i disdain such tricks beyond all expression i exclaimed as was only natural and everything connected with them it is so low to talk of such things but what in the world made him do it where does he come from what is his name like all noble persons he has got so many names that he does not know which is the right one only his are short and theirs are long he likes jack better than anything else because it is not distinctive cosmopolitan jack some call him from his combining the manners and customs features and figures of nearly all mankind he gets on every one for every one is gratified to see himself reflected in him and he can jump from one frame to another as freely as protoise or the other populace and yet with all that he is perfectly honest to any alliance he undertakes he would not betray us to wipe and and terrier for your great nugget and the castlewood estates i have heard that there are such people i said but what can he possibly know about me and what is he coming to do for us now he knows all about you for a very simple reason that you do not know him is a proof of his ability for you must have met him times out of number this is a fellow employed by your good but incapable cousin lord castlewood if he is not incapable he is a man of great learning and noble character well never mind that you must not be so hot what i mean is that he has done nothing for you beyond providing for your safety and that he certainly did right well and at considerable expense for this man can't be had for nothing you need have been under no terror at all in any of the scenes you have been through your safety was watched very continually then why did he not come and help me why did he not find out that horrible man because it was not in his orders and jack is the last man to go beyond those he is so clever that the stupid moonites took him for a stupid moonite you should have employed him yourself erema but you are so proud and independent i should hope so indeed should i put up with deceit if the truth is not to be had without falsehood it is not worth having but what is this man to do here now that depends on the circumstances he has better orders than i could give for i am no hand at scheming here you are or here we stop say nothing till i tell you pray allow me the honor you keep in the background remember with your veil or whatever you call it down nobody stops at the very door of course this is humbug we conform to it with a stiff inclination the gallant major handed me out of the cab in a quiet corner of a narrow street then paid the driver with less fuss than usual and led me into a queer little place marked in almost intelligible letters little england polygon you have the card my dear he whispered keep it till i call you in be ready to produce it in a moment for the rest i leave you to your own wit jack is on the watch mind there were two doors near together one a brave door with a plate and swung on playing hinges the other too secluded a turn to even pronounce itself private we passed through the public door and found only a lobby with a boy on guard mr gold yes sir this way sir cried the boy lady stay yes sir waiting room for ladies chair miss here if you please first right mr gould second on the left knock twice paper miss poker chained at this time of year bell a glass of water bell b cup of tea if lady grows impatient if i had been well i might have reduced this boy to his proper magnitude for i could never endure young flippancy but my spirits were so low that the boy banged the door with a fine sense of having vanquished me and before there was any temptation to ring bell a not to mention bell b the sound of a wrathful voice began coming nearer and nearer it came till the major strode into the ladies waiting-room and used language no ladies should wait for oh don't i said what would mrs hockin say and consider me too major hockin if you please i have considered you and that makes me do it everybody knows what i am did i exaggerate in all my life did i ever say anything without just counts did i ever take any distorted views did i ever draw upon my imagination answer me this instant. I do not remember a single instance of your drawing upon your imagination, I answered gravely, and did not add, because there is none to draw upon. Very well, I was sure of your concurrence. Then just come with me, take my arm if you please, and have the thief's card ready. Now keep your temper and your self-command. With this good advice the Major, whose arm and whole body were jerking with rest, led me rapidly down the long passage and through a door and my eyes met the eyes of the very man who had tried to bribe uncle sam of me he never saw me then and he did not know me now but his insolent eyes fell under mine i looked at him quietly and said nothing now mr gould you still assert that you never were in california never even crossed the atlantic this young lady under my protection don't be afraid my dear this is the honorable Erema castlewood whom you in the pay of a murderer went to fetch and perhaps to murder now do you acknowledge it you wrote her description and ought to know her your double-dyed villain out with it major hockin said mr trying to look altogether at his ease but failing and with his bulldog forehead purple if indeed you are an officer which i doubt for the credit of her majesty's service if the lady were not present i should knock you down and the big man got up as if to do it never mind her my companion answered in a magnanimous manner she has seen worse than that poor thing here i am just come and do it the major was scarcely more than half size of mr goad in mere bodily bulk and yet he defied him in this way he carefully took his blue lights off then drew up the crest of his hair like his wife's most wallet cocky growing and laid down his retin upon a desk and doubled his fists and waited then he gave a blink from the corner of his gables clearly meaning Please to stop and see it out it was a distressing thing to see that the major's courage was so grand that i could not help smiling mr goad however did not advance but assumed a superior manner major he said we are not young men we must not be so hasty you carry things with too high a hand as veteran officers are apt to do sir i make allowance for you i retract my manners and apologize we move in different spheres of life sir or i would offer you my hand no thank you the major exclaimed and then looked sorry for his arrogance when a man has threatened me that man sees the mistake of doing so i am pacified sir in a moment but it takes me some time to get over it i have served his gracious majesty and now hers in every quarter of the civilized globe with distinction sir with distinction and thanks and no profit to taint the transaction sir in many battles i have been menaced with personal violence and have received it as in such position as equitable i am capable sir of receiving it still and repaying it without interest hang it major if a man is sorry a soldier forgives him frankly you abused me and i rashly threatened you i beg your pardon as a man should do and that should be an end of it very well very well say no more about it but am i to understand that you still deny in that barefaced manner is my witness here the fact of your having been at colonel grundy's my cousin sir and a man not to be denied without an insult to myself a man who possesses ingots of gold ingots of gold enough to break the bank of england and a man whose integrity doubles them all have you not heard of the monster nugget transcending the whole creation discovered by this young lady looking at you in the bed of a sawmill river and valued at more than half a million you don't mean to say so when was it sylvester never said a word about it the papers i mean never mentioned it try no more well i won't say lies though they are confounded lies what i mean is no further evasion mr gould sylvester's name is enough sir here is the card of your firm with your own note of delivery on the back handed to my cousin the colonel and here stands the lady who saw you do it major i will do my very best to remember i am here there everywhere china one day peru the next siberia the day after and this young lady found the nugget did she how wonderfully lucky she must be i am lucky i find out everything and i shall find out you mr goad thus he spoke on the spur of the moment and i could not have spoken better after a month of consultation rogues are generally superstitious mr goad glanced at me with a shudder as i had gazed at him some three years back and then he dropped his bad oily-looking eyes i make mistakes sometimes he said as to where i've been and where i've not if this young lady saw me it stands to reason that i may have been there i have a brother extremely similar he goes about a great deal also probably you saw my brother i saw no brother of yours but yourself yourself you mean cowardly self and i shall bring you to justice well well he replied with a poor attempt to turn the matter lightly i never contradict ladies it is an honor to be observed by them now major can you give me any reason for drawing upon a bad memory my time is valuable i cannot refer to such bygone matters for nothing we will not bribe you if that's what you mean major hockin made answer scornfully this is a criminal case and we have evidence you little dream of our only offer is your own safety if you make a clean breast of it we are on the track of a murderer and your connection with him will ruin you unless you wish to stand in the dock at his side you will tell us everything sir this is violent language and violent acts will follow it if you don't give up your principle and every word you know about him you will leave this room in custody i have cosmopolitan check outside and the police at a sign from him will come is this job already in the hands of the police then no not yet i resolve to try you first if you refuse it will be taken up at once and away goes your last chance sir mr goat's large face became a field of conflicting passions and low calculations terror of fury cupidity and doggedness never had a larger battlefield allow me at least to consult my partners he said in a low voice and almost with a whine we may do things irregular sometimes but we never betray a client either betray your client or yourself the major answered with a downright stamp you shall consult no one you have by this watch forty-five seconds to consider it you need not trouble yourself to time me the other answered sulkily my duty to the firm overrides private feeling miss castlewood i call you to witness since major hockin is so peppery peppery sir is the very last word that ever could be applied to me my wife my friends every one who knows me even my furthest of correspondents agree that i am pure patience it may be so major but you have not shown it miss castlewood i have done you no harm if you had given up to me you would have been safer than where you were my honour would have been enlisted i now learn things which i never dreamed of or at least at least only lately i always believed the criminality to be on the other side we never ally ourselves with wrong but lately things have come to my knowledge which made me doubtful as to the facts i may be dubbed i believe i have been i am justified therefore in turning tables if you turn tables broke in the major he was scrambling to himself at the very idea of having any pepper in his nature goad if you turn tables mind you you must do it better than the mesmerists out of this room you do not stir no darkness no bambustling show your papers sir without sleight of hand surrender or you get no quarter to me it was very terrifying to see my comrade thus push his victory mr goad could have killed him any moment and but for me perhaps would have done so but, even in his fury, he kept casting glances of superstitious awe at me while I stood quite still and gazed at him. Then he crossed the room to a great case of drawers, unlocked something above the major's head, made a sullen bow, and handed him a packet End of chapter forty eight recording by Ellie July two thousand and nine.